It is hard or almost impossible for some of us to come out of the valley because we are carrying too much baggage. Five seven three two baggage, part one. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And today I really did not have a sermon on yesterday. We just finished our three night revival, and normally I'll have a series of stuff prepared in advance. But this time, even though I know what the next series is, God had spoken to me, don't start that yet. And I had an inkling that maybe it would have something to do with the revival, but come Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I had nothing. And I woke up on Friday, I said, Lord, I don't have a message for Sunday. And God simply spoke this, I'll give it to you. And I'll give it to you in a dream on Saturday night. I wasn't worried about that. If God said he would give it to me in a dream, I believed it. And I was telling my brother James about this. I don't have any message for tomorrow. And God says he's going to give it to me in a dream. And James says, did he say your dream? (laughs) I said, no, he didn't say my dream. He just said a dream. He said, well, you don't know it may come through. You better ask your wife and you better ask me to see if we dream anything on Saturday night. And I've learned that, and James has learned that, that you have to look at exactly what God says. We sometimes assume some stuff. No, he didn't say my dream. He said, I'll just give it to you in a dream. So I asked my wife, I said, sweetheart, if you dream anything, let me know. But she said, well, I did have a dream last night. I said, no, this night, not last night, this night. So as I slept last night, and as I dreamed, what I dreamed, I saw myself walking, and I saw myself loaded down with luggage. And I saw myself walking and loaded down with this luggage, and that was the whole dream, nothing but that. But we just finished a three-night revival entitled Coming Out of the Valley. And as I looked at that dream and woke up and pondered over it, one word simply flowed through my mind and spirit about luggage. And that word was simply this, baggage, baggage. It is hard or almost impossible for some of us to come out of the valley because we are carrying too much baggage. And the baggage weights us down and burdens us down and we can't move through life with joy because we have too much baggage. Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30 reads as Jesus speaks, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Jesus tells us, for all who are burdened and weary. And if I were to ask for a show of hands right now, how many of you all are just tired? That's what weary means. When you boil it down, you're just tired. You got so much on you. You're dealing with so much. You got bags and bags and you got all this stuff that you hauling and you can't sit it down because you're carrying it day and night and day and night and after you carry stuff for so long you simply become weary you become tired I never will forget Richard Pryor the comedian someone told him once he said Richard look like you got a monkey on your back And Richard replied, man, I don't have a monkey on my back. He said, I got a whole zoo on my back. Sometimes you feel like you got a whole zoo on your back. You got all this stuff and you are weary and you are burdened because you got this to deal with and this to deal with and this to deal with. And sometimes the only relief you get is when you come to church. And you can lay your burdens down. But the minute you walk out of the door, their life's burdens are waiting on you. And you pick them up. And there you have to trudge step by step, minute by minute, day by day. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Those who are weary and burdened and come unto me and I will give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, preacher, I see people who come and I know people who come for salvation and they stand here at this altar and they give their lives to Christ over and over and over and over again. But yet and still, I know them and I know they're still burdened. So how do I lighten my load? How do I... Get some of this baggage off my back. How do I get rest in a weary life and land and day by day? How, preacher? I know folk who come at the altar, but still, when I see them on Monday, they still burdened. I know people like that, and you know people like that, and that person may even be you. And Still in the night, you cry. So how do you get the burdens from your shoulders and there are basically several different categories of baggage we carry the most common type is simply known as emotional baggage sometimes I've heard people talk about a prospective mate and they'll say they're nice but they got too much we carry baggage and sometimes the emotional baggage it comes sometimes out of a family origin we've got issues with mama issues with daddy Issues with brother or issues with sister or something in a family range for whatever reason. And this baggage carries through. Depression is a baggage that we carry. The stuff in life and all of it hitting us from different angles. And usually when stuff in life comes, it's not just one area. It comes in multiple areas because everything affects everything else. And we ask then how How do I deal with this depression? Depression is that second big area of emotional baggage. And then there's a third area called simply the X factor. Relationships that we have been in. And there's an X. And this X comes with baggage or you've got children that you have to deal with and you've got to deal with the X and deal with that and all this kind of... You all know what I'm talking about. It's baggage. 
And this thing waits upon us. And we can't get our peace and our joy and our sleep and our rest. And we become weary. And partly we're weary because the burdens. And the other part we're weary because we can't sleep. So how do we deal with baggage? And oftentimes when people will come to the altar, their face will be wet with tears of relief. And for a brief moment, they feel the weight drop from their shoulders. And for a brief moment, they feel the touch of God and they feel the lightness of the spirit of joy. And tears will flow. And I'm telling you people, Jesus can take your burdens. The problem is, and why so many people don't keep the relief, is that you have to fly Jesus every day. The shirt I have on, it's one of our websites, airjesus.com, and it says, fly fearlessly. The challenge is most of us only look to Jesus when we come to the altar. And you have to look to Jesus every single minute, every single hour, every single day, and with every single thing that you do. And when you begin to do that, it changes the baggage that you deal with. It changes stuff. And God, as I was laying there, he spoke three areas and three things for people to do. Now, maybe there are more than this, but these are the three that he spoke. And these are the three I want to talk to you about. I'm going to not speak them in the order because I'm going to use just as the t-shirt has, airjesus.com, fly fearlessly. I'm going to just use the fly acronym so that you can remember them better. He spoke for the word or the letter for F. Focus on others instead of yourself. And I know a lot of the spiritual things, they're counterintuitive. They don't go along with logic. And you say, Pastor, I got my own problems. I got stuff I'm dealing with. I got issues I'm trying to handle. I got stuff messed up. And you telling me to focus on somebody else's problem? That makes no sense. I need to focus on my own stuff. But it was what God spoke. Focus on others instead of yourself people found it so practical and it worked when they came when we had the prayer vigil we had a seven-day non-stop prayer vigil and each person chose one of the 24 hours to come and pray for one solid hour and we all had all of these stacks of prayer requests from our website you can go to brothersoftheword.com submit a prayer request and we had all these prayer requests And after the seven days, everyone who participated in it virtually said the same thing. They said, I felt so much better after praying over all of these prayer requests from all over the world. They come in from literally all over the world. And what you will see from all over the world, they come in all nationalities, all races, all over the world. Problems are universal with people. And basically, they're the same set of problems. And what they said after spending this time, this one hour for seven straight days praying for other folk, I felt so much better because I realized my problems are not that bad. When I see the stuff other people go through, I realize my little stuff is little. And virtually everyone who spent the time to pray over those prayer requests had the same effect and reaction. Focus on others instead of yourself. See, Elijah had it in one of his messages recently. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, 
but thinking of yourself less. One of the things that you have to do with the program 42 at do42.com, you have to help someone every day. It's one of the commands God has given me. Every day, six days a week, I have one day of rest. I don't have to do any of that stuff. But six days a week, I have to help someone every day. Do you know it changes my mentality when I have to make sure that I get in helping somebody on that day? I can't think all the time about just me. In order for me to fulfill the commands that God has given me, I have to help someone every day. When you have to help someone every day, it changes and it takes the focus off of you. And if you just take focus off of your problems, it lessens your whole problem structure. You see, the human mind can only think one thought at a time. We can multiplex and alternate between one and the other, but you can only think one thought at a time. So if you focus on helping someone else, you have automatically removed yourself from focusing on your issues. It just makes a difference. So first thing in the fly, the F, focus on others instead of yourself. L, God says simply this, living life with wisdom. Living life with wisdom. You want to get rid of some baggage? You need to live life with wisdom. I am a spiritual man. I really am. I talk about how God influences everything. I believe his touch controls every area of life. But God is a God of wisdom. Living life with wisdom. The revivalist made a statement during the revival. He said, no is a complete sentence. So is yes. No and yes are complete sentences. And the things that you say no and yes to often determine how much baggage you have to carry. The very things that you say no and yes to, it makes some of the biggest differences in the world what you will say no and yes to. You see, many of us have financial burdens. That's why I introduced Mr. Bethel today. He's an expert financial manager. And one thing without even talking with him that I know. Most people are not short of money. They make the wrong no and yes decisions. And they say yes to the stuff they ought to say no to, and they say no to the stuff they ought to say yes to. Most people are really not short of money. They're short of management. And I have seen it in every case where I have dealt with people who have had serious financial issues. I said, tell me all of your budget, what you spend every month, and what comes in, what goes out. And almost in every case, they got money left over. The problem is what they do with their leftover money, and they don't use wisdom, and they say yes to stuff they ought to say no to, and they say no to stuff they ought to say yes to. The two biggest areas that people blow their money, they got too big of a house, and too new of a car. Those are the two biggest expenses. Mr. Bethel, am I correct on those two? Car and house. And most of the time, folk got where, what they're paying for where they live, and the minute folk get a raise or get more money, they go buy a new house or go to a bigger apartment. That's why if you don't have proper management and if you don't have those yes and no's right, the minute your money goes up, your expenses rise right along with it. If you run in tight of money, you got no business with a brand new car. None at all. Because a car is your second biggest expense, and you may be riding pretty, but your bank account ugly as I don't know what. I had an instance with my son, and I'm trying to train the children where they use proper wisdom with everything they do. 
And the first choice, because I knew education does not guarantee your finances at all. Most people who file bankruptcy, college educated. So that has nothing to do with how you're going to manage your money. So with my son, first thing, him going to college, I told him, son, I'm going to pay for your college education. I took him to four different schools. One of them was real expensive that he liked the best. The second best was about a third that cost, but they had the same quality of education. I said, son, I'm going to give you the choice. I'm committed to paying for your college education, but you can go to the expensive school and you will have nothing left. I'm going to allocate that same amount of money for that school. Or you can go to this less expensive school, which has just as good or better education. And the difference in those two, 80% of that difference, I'm going to put in a fund for you to run a business. And 20% of it, you can have for your discretionary money. You choose. He made the right choice. Now, he wanted to go to the school he really liked. But he recognized that was financially unwise. He has a car. I went and bought him a car. I was able to buy him the car out of the money or the differences of the schools. But we sat there in the car dealer. His car was three to four years old. It had 20,000 miles on it. And we sat there at the dealer. But before we went to the dealer, we had a budget. I said, son, this is what I'm going to allocate for your car. We sat there with the salesman. The salesman said, Mr. Bronner, this car is going to cost a lot more than that. I said, that's all we're spending. I said, son, with all things in life, there are three factors, price, quality, and speed. You can only get two of them at a time. I told him, we in no hurry. So this is all we're going to spend? He said, but we can finance it. I said, nope, this is all we're going to spend. We're going to pay for the car cash. It's all we're going to spend. He came back. You know how they do. He came. I said, no, I told you, this is all we're going to spend. I appreciate your time. We will see you later. If you get a car that we like in this price range, give us a call. We'll be back. I got it. We will. Mr. But hold up just a minute. <laughs> so he got that car at the exact budget that we set. Car three or four years old, 20,000 miles. Look brand new. I said, son, this teaches you something. Number one, unless you got the money to spare, don't ever buy a new car. Always get a car three or four years old. Don't ever put your money in a new car. It's the biggest, stupidest investment you can make unless you got the money. Now, I got new cars, but I can pay for my cars cash. So there's nothing wrong with having new cars if you got the money to get the car. If you don't got the money, you got no business in it. It's not financially wise. It's as simple as that. So oftentimes our financial burdens, they are the result because we do not live with wisdom. That's why I got that financial manager back there, because I want to take my wisdom with my money up to a whole nother level so I don't have to be carrying all this luggage around with all this debt. And debt will have you where you can't sleep, where you can't eat. It'll have you just messed up. There's a freedom when you don't have to worry about money. It's just a freedom with that thing. So these are some of the things, the baggages that we have that we don't necessarily have to carry. And the why, the why is the proper name of God, which is Yahweh. Even the project we're working on right now, the Bible speaker, you've got the whole Bible that we have turned into an audio version, had a professional narrator. It's just phenomenal. But we use, for the modern version, we use the World English Bible. And there was one thing I had to change in the World English Bible. It's an excellent translation, but they don't use the word the Lord. They use his name, Yahweh. I said, now we got to take that out. I said, I know that's his name, but folk don't know Yahweh. They think Yahweh's some strange stuff. You're in some strange sect. I said, no, we got to take that out. I know that's his name, but we got to take that out. We got to put the Lord in there because that's what folk know. So, 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 so the why is Yahweh. It is the proper Hebraic name of God. And when you have 
a connection with Yahweh, it takes burdens off. But you got to keep that connection open. You can't just pray on Sunday morning. You got to keep that connection open. And when you keep a connection open with God, he will speak some things into your life. But you got to listen. And see, that's the problem most of the time. God never had a problem speaking to the folk. God always had a problem with the folk listening and heeding what he said. He never had a problem getting his word across. His problem was the folk knew the word. They just wouldn't do the word. So you've got to stay connected with the source. And when you are connected with the source, God will do one of three things. He'll either remove the burden, speak wisdom into your life so you don't get the burden in the first place, or strengthen you the way you can carry the burden. Now, these are my actual bags. These are the bags that I travel with. And I can go with this bag. I can stay gone for months if I wanted to. I said, Pastor, you got enough stuff? In? Yeah, I can stay gone for months. I got my bag organized, and I've got enough clothes in here for about seven days. Well, what you do after the seven days? I go to the laundromat. I go to the laundromat, wash my clothes, and I got another seven days of clothes. But I can travel with this bag. This is all of my office stuff, my computer, my notebook, all my, everything is in here. So this is the way I travel. Now, I travel. If you ever see me going through the airport, number one, you're not going to see me on the shuttle. I walk between concourses. Number two, you're not going to see me on the escalator. I take the stairs. So the third thing God will do if you got a heavy burden, he just strengthen your legs. So he will strengthen your legs and he will strengthen your back to where you can carry the burden and the burden doesn't even bother you. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. So he can strengthen you to where you can carry the burden. So he'll do either one or three things. He'll remove the burden, give you wisdom so you don't get the burden in the first place, or strengthen you so that you can carry the burden with ease. God wants us out of the valley. He wants these burdens off of us because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Hebrew 12.1 says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. It's time for us to cast off some burdens. But we need to fly fearlessly and we need to fly ere Jesus. This is the burden remover. And so many times we come to the altar and the minute we get out those doors, we pick all this stuff back up and we carry it and we carry it and we carry it. Now some of the burdens we have because they're a, they're the result of some life decisions of the prior and we got those burdens. But Jesus can strengthen you to carry anything. And when you get that connection and some of you in a particular area, that's why I mentioned Mr. Bethel today because some of you need to connect with some folk who have wisdom to get you out of some particular things so that you do not carry burdens. And money is just one of them. And if you got money problems, don't go getting advice from broke folk. Pastor, you ought not to say it. Yes, I do need to say it too. Yes, I do need to say it. Don't get advice from broke folk. Get you some advice from somebody who's in the financial condition where you want to be. Because broke folk going to give you the advice that got them broke. Don't get you advice from broke folk. Get you some advice from people who have managed their money well. So there are just some things, and they'll be able to look at some stuff and just tell you what to do. And they'll be able to, look, you don't need this expense. Let this thing go. This thing is a burden on you. And when you really look at it, a lot of the stuff, we don't even need them. There's some things, people, in our lives, if we can learn to just shed. And when you get close to God, 
you'll see that so much of this stuff in the temporal or the material world is not even important. So much of the stuff that worries us. A lot of stuff worries because we got a big burden of unforgiveness in our world. And some folk have done us wrong in the past and we cannot get over that. Or we have messed up. See, when God comes into your heart, there's two types of forgiveness that comes in real strong. You forgive others, but you also forgive yourself. And it's not a person in this place who hadn't made some big boo-boos. Lord knows I have. Lord knows. Now, Lucretia, you got to get me some jeans with them holes in them. And you know the reason why I want jeans with holes in them? And it's what God spoke to me. He said, because you got some holes in your life in past. And I absolutely do. You know, priests a lot of times like to wear flowing robes. And the reason they wear the robes like that to cover up all of the fleshly mess. All of us have holes in our lives and stuff we have done. When you really accept Jesus, and you got to do it day by day. You can't just come down here one time and accept it. You got to do this stuff day by day. That's why I have to spend an hour in prayer every day. That's why I need to why to stay connected with Yahweh day by day. Because if I miss my prayer for two days, something starts happening to my spirit. I've got to stay connected every day because burdens will come every day. And there's so many areas of life. Stuff just happens. It does. And if you're not connected, you don't have the peace and you don't have the joy and you don't have the freedom and you don't have the divine instructions that will lead you to life and life more abundantly. God wants these burdens off of us. Fly, fly. Focus on others instead of your own problems. It'll change things. Live life with wisdom. Make those yes and no decisions. Attach yourself to somebody with wisdom. Live life with wisdom. And Yahweh is the proper name of God. Attach yourself on a daily basis to the source of power. And when you do that, it will strengthen and take you to a whole new level of life and help you get rid of some of the baggage that Satan has tried to lay on you. I'm going to ask Pastor James now to come and... Well, actually, Mr. Bethel, can you just come and I want you to just talk to the people for just a few minutes. We've got about 15 minutes. I'm just kind of led in my spirit. If you would, I don't know what you're going to say, but you dealt with folk of all levels. You've been dealing with money and people's money for the longest. And money is not the most spiritual thing, but it does seem to be the thing that excites the folk of God more than anything else. I'm just straight by that. It does excite the folk of God more than anything else. So it is something that excites the folk. So just whatever's laid on your heart to tell them about money. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor Bronner, thank you so much. This is quite an opportunity and a privilege, and I appreciate your words. It's very encouraging and humbling. Praise the Lord. Wow. God is good, and the thing I think that I would share is there's a scripture that talks about our people perishing for lack of knowledge. And being able to find someone, as Pastor mentioned, to give you direction so that you can have knowledge. Proceed. Let me fulfill that full scripture. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge. That's the full scripture of that. See, they got the knowledge. They have rejected knowledge. So I just wanted to do. You put appreciate that. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge. So we have to find ways in our lives to order ourselves so that we can be fulfilled in what God has done for us and what he wants to do for us. Pastors mentioned several things today about having wisdom, being able to 
live within our means because that's something that's vitally important. I have not bought a new car in 25 years. Every car that I buy is Pastor Bitchney. We did not discuss this on Friday. Everything that I do in terms of an automobile, I buy a car that has anywhere between 10 to 15,000 miles on it, three to four years old. If you are looking for an automobile, you like a particular car, you can find extremely well-known automobiles in the $30,000 range when they're four or five years old. They only have 30 or 40,000 miles on them. They're still an excellent vehicle. I just replaced the car, and the car that I replaced was a 1998 Lexus LS400. You all know familiar with Lexus with 350,000 miles on it. The reason it was replaced, because my youngest daughter, and she's fine, had an accident in it. The insurance company said that it was totaled. I thought that it could be repaired, but they decided not to do that. (laughs) I felt like that commercial, you know, that Liberty commercial that you all hear. (laughs) Half a car, you know. (laughs) So I just mentioned that because it's amazing the connection that we have established in such a short period of time and that there are some of those kinds of principles that are within that he has just mentioned that I have also had in place in my life as well. So I thank God for the opportunity and for the knowledge that he's given unto me to be able to provide guidance. And I just would encourage all of us to take the moment. We have to look at ourselves and try to find a way to live within our means. It's very important to have an individual budget within your house because it gives you guidance. It would be like, you know how we now have GPSs in our cars? And now we're almost just locked into that GPS. Where am I going? Put it in. Yes, left. Turn left. Rerouting. And we need those same kinds of things in our finances. Because if we don't have a financial goal, we will get exactly to that place. We'll nowhere. We'll be wandering aimlessly financially for all of our lives. So we have to have goals. We have to live in our means. So we need a financial GPS. Praise the Lord. Amen. Pastor, I'm going to finish with that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Amen, amen. We thank Mr. Bethel, amen, for those words of wisdom. And before we leave, we just want to have an altar call for those that... And I believe that, that God interrupted Pastor's series because there were those that he didn't want to take this baggage out of the valley wealth and even the children of Israel you know when they came out of Egypt they still had a lot of those customs in their heart and the minute Moses stepped away for a minute they began to gather their gold to make idols we're going back to old ways and that was baggage the sense of traditions and beliefs so as he brings you out of the valley he doesn't want you to Take those articles of baggage with you. So this time with heads bowed, if there's anybody and you know that you're carrying some baggage in your life right now, that if God took you out of the valley and to the mountain, that you know this baggage would be issues for you, even if you got a big financial blessing, even if you got a new job. Even if you got a spouse, you know there are some things in your life right now that will still be baggage to you. And the second thing is God brings some of us out of the valley. We have to be sure that we maintain our humility. 
We can be humble in the valley and we get on the mountaintop and all of a sudden we get big headed and we forget about where God brought us from it. So if anything I say during this part strikes your spirit, just come to the altar right now. And even with humility, there's a president of the Philippines. His name is Rodrigo Duterte. And he's one of the toughest leaders on the face of the earth right now. And I was reading about him yesterday. He was in the news. Some of you may have heard about him. And he's known right now because he took up a war against the criminals and he's executed about 2,000 criminals and he wasn't afraid of the drug lords and wasn't afraid of the gangsters and the mobsters and he didn't take them to court. He just executed them when they found them on site and not only was he not afraid of them, but he spoke out and cursed our own President Obama got him in the news. He even cursed the Pope. So this was a man that was just almost ruthless. So he wasn't afraid of the mobsters, wasn't afraid of the President of the United States cursed him and wasn't even afraid of the Pope. So he began to feel as though he had almost absolute power that nobody could touch him. On Thursday evening he was on a plane headed from Japan. One of the most ruthless leaders in all of the earth. Everybody else was on the plane asleep and snoring. He looked out over the sky and he heard a voice. And the voice said, if you don't stop cursing, I'll take this plane down. And President Duterte said he had to make a decision if he wanted to live or die. Even though he wasn't afraid of the mob and all of the gangsters, wasn't afraid of the president of the United States, wasn't afraid of the Pope, he was dealing with a being that he knew that was more powerful than any man on the earth that his pride could not stand up against. He knew that his pride would take him into the depths of the sea. And he said he made a promise to God that he would stop cursing and he held a press conference on this weekend to say from this point on you won't hear a curse word out of my mouth he had to humble himself or he would be killed so there are things in our lives that as God takes us out of that valley that if we don't remain humble if we don't get rid of the baggage that we'll have to make a decision in our life between life and death because we still serve a sovereign God we still serve a sovereign God. And a lot of the things of the world with technology and social media, it'll make us take lightly the things of God because we don't see a lot of the miraculous. But I tell you, he's still on the throne today. So within your own hearts this day, if you know there are some things that you need to get serious with God on, if you know there are some decisions that you need to make, some baggage that you need to leave as God brings you out of the valley, come today to leave it at the altar today.
God just had me open up my bag because one of the things I talked about, so many people come down, but tomorrow morning you got the same stuff. And you come over and over and over and over and over again. So how do you really leave this stuff with Jesus? If you look in my bag, you notice everything is organized. It's compartmentalized. You got to get some organization in your life with some of this stuff. And there are some things you need to throw away. And the reason my bag is organized like this because I searched and researched how do you best pack a bag. And the wisdom said you get packing cubes and you pack it into packing cubes and it organizes everything a whole lot better. And I don't pack my own bags. I hire somebody to do it. You say, what? Therefore, I don't have to worry about it. It's a part of organization. Some of this stuff ain't your responsibility. And some of you are even handling responsibilities you don't even need to be handling. So that's why you got to use wisdom. That's why God says you connect with God, but you live with wisdom. And if you don't live with wisdom, you're going to be back down here over and over and over and over again. So you got to use some wisdom in life or else the stuff repeats over and over and over and over. And you need to get some stuff organized. Some of your finances, all your stuff just thrown in the bag. And it's all messed up. So God wants you to organize some stuff. But in order to even do that, you got to find out how do I organize it? And I had to go to a packing expert because I wasn't worth a hoot at it. But I learned. And as a result, it changed. So these are just some things because I want you to come here. And I want you to come down to the altar. But I don't want you to have to come every time. I don't want you to have to come down here every time. I want your life together. And I want the burdens off of you once and for all. Not for the day, once and for all. And that's why God gave those three things. Connect with him. Live with wisdom. And then you focus on others. And God will connect just like with that dictator. When he connected with God up high. And sometimes you got to go high. But he can speak to you high or low. When he connected with God, if he had not have listened, he would have been destroyed. So no matter how ruthless you are, no matter what you have done, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge. So do not reject what God is trying to tell you. Change. Organize. Get some things compartmentalized, some stuff that you don't need to be handling out of your world. Leave it with Jesus and leave it there. But the stuff you do have to handle, you got to organize and how to handle. God's not going to handle your money for you. You got to do that. Now, he will put inklings in your heart. And you've heard this man's wisdom. He hadn't bought a new car in 25 years. And he can afford to buy it. He can afford to buy his car's cash. He hadn't bought a new car in 25 years because he has the wisdom. Now, you can reject that or not. That's up to you. But God wants your life flying and free. Amen, Saul. As you are here, I want you, you've heard the word of the Lord. Those areas of baggage in your life. 
this is a place of decision. And after the decision, it's a time for action, as Pastor has said. But everything starts with a decision. You can't even take action before you make a decision to take action. So I want you to make a decision and a commitment in your own heart. Just as President Duterte had to make. So think about those things that you know would hold you back even if you came out of the valley. And I want you to make a decision today to lead that package, to go and to seek wisdom, to begin to act wisely with that wisdom, to trust Yahweh, to do the rest in your own hearts right where you are. Just picture those things in your life. Make a decision, a commitment today to turn, to gain wisdom, to take action upon that wisdom. Lord, we thank you for your people that have come, Lord, to leave baggage, oh Lord, at the altar and not go back to their seats with it. I pray, oh Lord, that you will help them with this decision, oh Lord, that you'll remind them of this moment in time, oh Lord. We thank you, first of all, oh Lord, for loving us, oh Lord. Even in times, oh Lord, when we haven't done what we know we should have already done by now, oh Lord. Thank you for your mercy and your grace, oh Lord, for not destroying us, oh Lord, in our disobedience, oh Lord, in our rejection, oh Father. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to even come to the altar, oh Lord, to allowing us this time of grace and mercy thus far, oh Lord. For we've all done things, oh Lord, that we knew weren't right, oh Lord. And we all have not done things, oh Lord, that you've impressed upon us to do, oh Lord. So first of all, oh Lord, we repent, oh Lord. We all come as sinners, oh Lord, before you, oh Lord. And we thank you. We're all in need of thy grace, oh Lord. And Lord, we just pray, oh Father, that you'll strengthen your people, oh Lord. Even in times, oh Lord, when that discipline gets weak, oh Lord. I pray that you'll flash back the image of this commitment, this decision at the altar before their eyes, oh Lord. I pray, oh Lord, that you'll lead them unto those people, oh Lord, those resources of wisdom, oh Father, that you'll connect them, oh Father. And Lord, we just speak against even generational curses, oh Lord, that as they make this decision, oh Lord, and begin to walk in a new way, oh Lord, there'll be chains of the enemy of past generations that'll try to pull them back, oh Lord, into what they're used to and what's been comfortable for generations, oh Lord. So we just plead the blood of Jesus over their lives right now, oh Lord. We speak against every generational curse, oh Lord, that will have them used to baggage, oh Lord. Baggage from their parents, oh Lord. Baggage from grandparents, oh Lord. Baggage from molestations and things done wrong that would hold them back to hold on to in their hearts, oh. We break it right now in the name of Jesus. And we declare freedom in your lives of your people, oh Lord, that they may leave the valley that they may leave the baggage behind go into a new land oh father a new place in their lives and never look back oh we thank you lord we thank you lord for baggage that will be left oh lord that will not have to be passed 
unto their children, O Lord, and unto their children's children, O Lord, that was passed unto them from generations prior, O Lord. We thank you, Lord, for a new mindset, O Father. We pray the mind of Christ upon them, O Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you'll give them and renew their strengths, O Lord, even as the eagles, O Father. Those that have been weary, O Lord, and tired, O Father. We pray, O Lord, for a refreshing in them, O Lord. A refreshing in them right now, O Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this revival, O Lord, that you have ordained, O Lord. And we just thank you for this time of breakthrough, O Lord. Thank you for seeing us right where we are, O Lord. Seeing our needs, O Lord. Ministering to those needs, O Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you for the victory. Thank you for the victory in their lives, O Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. The precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and listen to the entire message or send it to a friend. If you feel led in your heart and you want to donate to the ministry, simply go to iwanttogive.com. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Amen, amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part one of the series titled Baggage by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5732, that's 5732, to listen to over a thousand free messages, or to send this message number 5732, to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Brothers of the word.